Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing an amazing film, 1997's The Beautician and the Beast. <laughs> it is. It is. It is like, okay, you know, last week we did Run for Your Wife and it was a slog um, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually, I broke. artistically. I, 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 broke. I, I cracked open and broke. And honestly, I've, I have watched this movie before. I've watched The Beautician and the Beast before. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember liking it, but it's been a long time and I was kind of afraid to rewatch it right after all of the emotional terror of one Run for Your Wife. But I will tell you, this movie delivered. This movie is amazing. Okay, um, this was requested by William Bibiani, and I don't know if he requested it because he liked it or if he thought that we would hate it, but um, I'm sorry to disappoint you, William, if you thought that we would hate it, but I am on record loving this movie. I stand for this movie. I stand for Fran Drescher and everything that she is. Oh, I yeah. think that she is wonderful, beautiful. I've seen every episode of The Nanny. <laughs> She's incredible. She's a force. She is incredible. She's such a comedic force. Yes. Like, she's just so, like, I, she just is. She just radiates. I love her. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> um, uh, But before we get more into her, which we could go on forever, we should talk about who wrote and directed this. This was written by Todd Graff, a man, which is surprising. I wonder how much ad-libbing Fran Drescher did. I feel like a lot because a lot of it was so just like peak her. Oh, absolutely. But, like, I was thinking that too. I, like the, the, the movie itself is really funny and her dialogue is super funny and snappy and feels completely perfect. Like yeah, exactly for her. And so I was curious if she had any say in her dialogue. I feel or, like she like, did. I also feel like she dressed herself. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which I love about Which her. She should always do. Yeah. Uh, so this Todd Graff guy who I guess wrote everything except Fran Drescher's lines because those are amazing. Um, <laughs> um, like small indie film credits here. We have Angie, which is like a classic um Gina Davis joined The Vanishing, Fly by Night, a but Camp, which I think is maybe the most notable one because that's the one with all the with all the musical theater kids and they're singing and stuff. I think that musical Broadway Broadway people really love this movie Camp that I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like other people are into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, musical people. You yeah. know the people who love Anna Kendrick, and I don't have anything against Anna Kendrick, but I don't like obsessed over her like i don't know anything about her <laughs> yeah she seems nice yeah she does she seems nice um directed by ken quapis and i didn't you can tell that i did not actually look up anything before we started because all i thought was this is perfect and my entire commentary was this is perfect so by the way this is perfect uh let's see has he directed anything of note he directed the Sesame Street movie Follow That Bird, which is Aww. one of the most depressing movies I ever watched as a child. That movie almost destroyed me because it's like 
because it's about like Big Bird leaving um, Sesame Street and he goes off on his own, but then he gets like captured by a circus and they paint him blue. Like there's a scene it's where like traumatizing it, for a kid. Yes, it really hurt me. I mean, Sesame Street got pretty dark, but that was also what I liked about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a good movie. I definitely remember it. I remember crying because I'm just like, is Big Bird okay? Yeah. Also, so um, got some Kevin Bacon rom-com here. He said, she said, maybe that'll be on the podcast sometime. That sounds up our alley. A lot of tele... Oh, my God. He directed Dunstan Checks In. Yes. That is a legendary movie. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, he did that, like, the year before this. And this is so good. And Dunstan Checks In is so... Itself. Um, <laughs> It is. It's totally itself. Um. He directed, oh man, he's directed some stuff that's going to end up on the podcast. He directed License to Wed. Um, oh, I'm apparently. I'm surprised we haven't done that one yet. Actually, he directed He's Just Not Into You, which we did do. Oh, yes. How could I forget? Oh, yeah. No, how could any <laughs> of us forget? And also, so I feel like we might have talked about this director before. Also, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which is like forever in my memory because I made my family watch it with me and they were so angry oh my gosh was it one of those things where like they were watching it and you were watching them watch it and they were like i was having an amazing time i was having a beautiful emotional time because i was a young girl watching sister of the traveling pants and meanwhile my family including my little brother was just like what the fuck is they're like why wait why why are we watching this this? like how is this relevant to us uh it's not um but you know it was an emotional experience for me and i will cherish it forever thanks guys um the Beautician and the Beast, which is more like, I understand the the reasoning for calling it that, but it's more of like a jokey version of um, The King and I <laughs> than it is a Beauty and the Beast story. Oh, yeah. It's like, what if The King and I was funny? And also a little bit of, as, as Kyle mentioned when he watched with me, which, by the way, Kyle did watch this with me and he had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just I so wish, you know, <laughs> I honestly wish I had watched it with someone because it was so delightful. Yes, it was. Like I went to the bathroom during a part of it and didn't pause, and Kyle was just like told me a joke that I missed, and like we rewound it, and I was like, oh, there's so many, there's so many great one-liners in this movie. Oh my god, it's so good. But yeah, it's like, yeah, so it's kind of like the King and I and the Sound of Music, but funny, and there's no songs. <laughs> Yeah, which is perfect for me. <laughs> and it starts with um a cartoon a, a cartoon cold open which is animated really well. I, I know. really liked it. I almost wish there were like little animated transitions. Oh man, I would have loved like, that. I was like I know that would be so much more work on on the back end, but it was just so delightful and the and the animation was really it was funny. Yeah, no, I it mean, was, you know, it's it, Fran Drescher. It was well done. Like, it, w- it wasn't even, like, cheap looking. It was very fluid. Like, yeah. I liked it. Um, and it's a great thing where she's, like, basically playing Sleeping Beauty. And then the prince kisses her. And she wakes up. And then he's like, okay, you're going to be my wife. And she's just like, no, I got ambitions. I don't want to be your wife. Exactly. <laughs> and she's like, wait, you kissed me and I didn't get to enjoy it? And, yeah. like, uh, yeah, Like, she was like. She's like, like, I don't even know you. I'm young. Like, I was like, like oh, I love this. Oh, my God. Just basically talking about just, like, consent. Like, excuse you. <laughs> um, yeah. And she just, like, takes a horse and leaves. Oh, my God. Yeah. After he, like, 
tries to kidnap her, this fucking prince. He's just like, no, I'm going to take you home. You no, she's just like, no. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think he tries to pick her up. He does, yeah. Yeah. And she fights rapey. him off. And yeah. She's, but she's just so not here for it. And oh, it's like, man. And I mean, it's Fran Drescher, and it's like super like Fran Drescher, New Yorker. Like, you know, she's like, I don't have time. And like, and that's the beginning of the movie. And it's, it, it is the perfect way to get you in the right mindset for this delightful delight yes. through de- delightful romp through the palace oh my god it's so good okay so she is a beauty teacher she teaches beauty school which oh my god she just seems like such a lovely teacher i was like i, I would know. love to learn beauty from well, her she's so excited to teach yeah you know? like, like she's sh- still having fun yeah and i feel I like that. those are the best teachers are the teachers who are yeah still have a sense of wonder um and so there are hijinks she wants to run her own um beauty school i think or was it is that she what does she want to do So she wants to work um doing makeup for the lottery um oh my god oh yeah she does because she like i think she has like an audition not an audition but like a trial run but she does she does makeup for the woman who's like calling out the lot of numbers but she does it like really extra it's so much and like, like she makes the woman look basically the style like her and the woman had asked for something subtle and then like basically after she does that her hair is longer after the makeup is done like where did the extensions <laughs> yeah she, like, like she just did extensions she travels quick. with extensions <laughs> and then like basically um there's a scene of her and her mom and she tells her mom she's like oh they didn't pick me they picked like this fancy european person and they keep talking about how this fancy Fancy European person got the job and she didn't. But that's like her goal is to do makeup and hair for presenters for the lottery, which I love how specific that is. It's I love it. So I love. Yes. Oh, my God. And so it's, you know, there's like some hijinks. At the be- it's interesting. She's got a beauty school and there's like animals in there. And like at first I thought, oh, it's no, is this like explained. a bad like testing thing? But it's like, no, she really loves those animals because when somebody sets um, the beauty school gets kind of set on fire and then everyone runs out. And then she's like, no, we got to save the animals and no one wants to help her do it. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like basically like they're doing like a demo um, with hairspray and then one of her students lights a cigarette and she's like, no, don't light a cigarette. Like it's flammable. And then the whole thing sets on fire. So basically the beauty school she teaches that is on fire. And then she saves the animals, which is what a sweet horrible. Yes. Um, and so she is on the front page of the paper and it's like hero, like heroic teacher, like saves, you know, well, it doesn't it, like it basically makes it sound like she saved the whole class, even though I'm pretty sure they all just like got out on their own. <laughs> um, and this is when, uh, you know, her true destiny comes into play. OK, so, yeah, there's like uh, <laughs> there's this guy, which I guess like is is the the dictator's helper or whatever. I can never tell what his job is. Um, and hench- he's just the henchman. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, my God, okay, so I need you to come to this, you know, Eastern European country with a with, you know, a vaguely Eastern European name. And um, (laughs) it's just like you can be the teacher and he doesn't really give a lot of details about what it is because it takes a very long time for her to find out that she is the teacher for a dictator's children. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't say he basically just says like he wanted me to get the best teacher 
And he said for like six months or something, which I was like, that's a random amount of time. Oh, I think he said like try for six months and see. And and like and you like and then he got out the paper newspaper and points it and he's like, and you are a great teacher. And she's just like, huh? And then um, and then he's and then he, like she's not really like on board because obviously it's super weird to have a random man approach you with a job overseas. <laughs> right. But then this was funny to me because she's in New York. She's not in some random small town. He goes, there's more for you than this. There's more for you than New York. And he goes, you don't want to disappear here. And I was like, I mean, this is where people come to disappear. I mean, like, yeah. And I mean, you know, Fran is very famously from Flushing, Queens. I live in Woodside. Like, Flushing is not far from here. Yeah. It's very easy to just, like, get on the train and go directly to the city. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. She's considered like small town, but I guess, you know, Europe is supposed to be more glamorous, you know, for people. Yeah. I th- I feel like that's the thing is he's trying to do the thing where he's like, oh, well obviously you want to go to Europe, but I just thought it was so funny how he does it in this as if, as if she's stuck and it's like, she's in the biggest city in the U S <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So she, when, when he, when he pulls that argument out, then she's like on board and she's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like thinking about like her mom and had this conversation with her earlier that was basically about like, you know, you're getting older and like, are you going to get married and you should maybe consider settling and like figure out what you really want. And so it's obvious that she says yes, partially to just like do something. Um, and Oh yeah. Her mom is constantly just like, Oh man, you got to get a man or whatever. And then she's just like, no, I have standards. And she also says, I don't want a man that has more jewelry than me. Which is so specific, but I know exactly what she's talking about. I, I, I thought that was hilarious because I also noticed that line and that how I was like, that is so... S- I also thought that. I was like, that is so specific, but it makes a lot of I sense. I know exactly what she's talking about. Like, the kind of dudes that have that wear, like, a lot of chains and, like, have a lot of, like, rings and, like, Gel pinky and rings. rings. And, yeah, yeah, that's what she's talking about. And I'm and just like, Fran, no, I totally understand. And, like, Fran Drescher and her... Ca- Fran Drescher as as herself but also her character i was like yeah that like you probably are around a lot of those guys oh yeah i feel like that would be the kind of guy that would run up on her the most because she dresses very flashy but she's also classy right and like that's not always those things don't always go together exactly there's like an assumption when you dress like that and i mean a lot of so much of um her charm in this movie and in the Annie is that she dresses in a way that makes people make assumptions about her, but she always subverts those assumptions. Exactly. Like they always underestimate her intelligence um, or just like her ability to, to like, to, to understand context. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and she's always like one step ahead. Cause the thing is, is that like, I think sometimes like a people who do not watch the nanny or do not understand friend dresses. Number one, Brandish is one of those people where I never understand when people don't like her. I never understand when people don't like her voice. I love her voice. I love everything about her. I think that she's one of the most comically gifted actresses. Absolutely. With the least recognition for being such. Yeah, like, she's she's always just fucking hilarious. And because because it really is and and this is not meant to like insult her acting abilities, but it really is her. Like she's really doing that. Yeah. It's not it is a role, but it's also just her. Yeah. Um, like her personality is so full, kind of like, I mean, kind of like Lucille Ball. Yeah, like Lucille exactly. Ball is always Lucille Ball. Yes, <laughs> Wherever exactly. she is. Yeah. So, oh my God. I just, 
I I fucking love Fran Drescher like I really do. But like her intelligence, like the things that she teaches these kids, because I mean, you find out, you know, she has to eventually you find out that she's not a real teacher. And that's like a whole point of conflict and everything not a real teacher but the thing that she the things that she teaches these kids these like common sense things are things that i honestly think that more kids should be taught oh well that was what i was thinking because like yeah you know she's expected to teach them science and math and all these things and she's trained um in like cosmetology but she she teaches there's like one scene where she's teaching them how to use frequent flyer miles oh i love it and i was like this these are the kind of life skills i wish i had been taught like, oh my I god wish i had had a class because you, it's stuff that i feel like i'm still scrambling through yes like, you know um and i've been an adult for over 10 years you feel like if like <laughs> yeah. if she continued to be their teacher she would teach them how to like do taxes which is something exactly. that i wish somebody had taught yeah me how to like do she's taxes. like she's like yeah here's how you like you know go grocery shopping on a budget here's how you do taxes like she's giving them like life skills um and I mean, of course, the irony is that they are royalty. Um, so a lot of the things that she teaches them, like, need it. don't need it. But, but I it think also it, helps them make sense in the world more. Right. Like, I think it makes them a lot more well-rounded and gives them a better understanding of what normal people have to deal with and ha- the things that they have to figure out for themselves. Especially right. if they choose, you know, not to live with their father forever and go off and do their own thing. Right, exactly. Like they're they like because their dad. I mean, he's a he's a fascist. Right. So no. Yeah. They, you know. I mean, uh, spoiler alert: Timothy Dalton plays a fascist. Like he very much is like. It's like I'm like, is this about Putin? Like <laughs> it's so funny to me because like he seems like very modeled after Stalin, but in a later scene when before she like um shaves his mustache off she's trying to convince him not to have the mustache and she names like a bunch of like historical fascists that he that he looks similar to but she doesn't say stalin and when <laughs> and when he um his retort because he's like offended that she's comparing him to fascists even though he is a fascist which is so funny he's like you know who else had a mustache einstein <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like, is that what you're going and for? One, and one scene when he's like uh, expressing insecurity about people not liking him, even though he like murders people and stuff, he's like, "Oh, you know what they? I know what they call me. They call me Stalin, except less charismatic." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was just like, "Oh my god, this movie!" Like, uh, okay, yeah, it's it. Okay, so Fran, we've talked about Fran. She's wonderful. This character played by Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, one of our greatest living actors wonderful um oh yeah i mean he fully he did this shit his james bond is underrated by the way shout out to his two james bond movies um but he in this one he played a bond villain (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he did like the funny thing is that like he is a fascist like he runs this country everyone's poor and he's also not well liked and that's a, that's like his his arc he's he's a fascist that like is unlikable and like has like insecurity about his subjects not liking him and the people in his government and other world powers not respecting him yeah absolutely <laughs> and he doesn't and he's not He's not like, you know, a fascist who has a good family life, which I know that sounds insane to say, but like there <laughs> there have been leaders who had like the f- the few people they were nice to, you know, that's how they but he's not like that. Like with his kids, like he's very cold, he's very authoritarian. 
Um, it's it's obvious to Fran right away that they don't get time with him and that they're afraid of him. Yeah. Um, oh my God, these kids. Okay. <laughs> so the oldest, um, the oldest daughter is in love with a rebel, like a like basically like you know a person who like an Antifa guy. Yeah, like a guy that you know wants social revolution. <laughs> um, and oh my, that's amazing. Um, the middle child. Well, I don't actually know because I think there's also a baby. Yeah, there's four of them. the The oldest son, he wants to be a painter, but to like compensate for that because he knows that his dad won't like it. He like pretends to just be like this like misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also Robbie Palmer from Seventh Heaven. What? Yeah. I did not know yes. that. <laughs> yes oh my god yeah no it just like adds a whole nother layer oh no it 100 (laughs) percent does um and um so uh then there's the the little girl whose whole thing is that she's like she's she's chubby and she's very nervous because she doesn't feel attractive and oh my god i love this i love her plot the most kind of because like it's very pure. Yes. And I also was just like, hey, I would have wanted a Fran when I was that age. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, makes her a Ralph Lauren dress out of, like, Ralph Lauren sheets. And then, like, teaches this girl to refer to herself as, like, a big, beautiful woman. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And she also, like, reminds her, it's like, you have a huge dowry. Like, you're a bad bitch. Yeah. She's <laughs> She's like, remember, <laughs> they're going to love you for who you are. A big, beautiful woman with a big dowry. Oh, man. I, I love like, it. I was dying. I love it. Um, And then there's the little baby who she teaches not to bite his nails. Yeah. I mean, you know, small <laughs> baby steps. He, she puts like one of those dog uh, muzzle <laughs> Not so the muzzle, bad. but like the cone thing. Yes. Which, of course, you know, uh, Timothy Dalton, a.k.a. Boris Pochenko. <laughs> Uh, walks like he like comes to a basically they're having like a picnic which is you know the antithesis of him yes and uh <laughs> he sees his youngest with like this dog cone and he freaks out um <laughs> which he just freaks out at everything i mean he's he's a fascist but also right. he just like he doesn't know how to he's like awkward around his kids. He's awkward around everybody like oh my god, one of my favorite scenes is the scene where she just like has him start talking to his subjects. <laughs> this movie is so fucking funny like cuz later on when he feels more personable, he's like I talk to people now. How old? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. What? What scene? There's a scene, in the, there's a scene in the kitchen where he like talks to somebody. I think it's the kitchen where he's just like smiling and he's just like trying to be social. And he says, hello. But he says it in this weird. He's like, hello. Oh, he's like practicing. Oh, my God. Yes. He's, he's practicing. like practicing. Oh, my. It's so good. It's like. Yeah. He doesn't. He like doesn't. He really does feel like a robot, like trying to be a person. Yes, he does. Because it just seems like he. Like, never really learned how. Like, maybe his wife, um, who is obviously dead, because, duh, um, his his wife, the mother of the children, was, like, maybe very passive and mm-hmm. never really pushed him. And I think what he really likes about Fran is the fact that she she tells him what to do constantly. I think that really turns him on. I think he's a sub. 
<laughs> yes. I really do. I think he's a sub and he just needs a dom. He just needs Fran to dom him and take him away from his fascist. Oh room. my God. Yeah. Cause like, and the things that she teaches him how to do is so great. Like my favorite thing is that they go into a factory, they get lost and they end up going into a factory. It's so funny that they get lost because it's like, he can't ask anyone for directions because everyone lives in fear of him and he doesn't know where anything is. Yeah, um, like... It's, it's so good. <laughs> um, but they go to this factory and Fran talks to the workers for maybe like 10 minutes and all of a sudden they're on strike and they want to unionize. Like they did not know what unions were. They did not know what strikes. She talks to them for 10 minutes and She's all like, of a sudden. You got to demand, you know, you got to demand your rights. You got to get time off. She you gotta is get sneaking pay. socialism into this regime. <laughs> yes, she is. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. And like she, yeah, like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so every scene of this movie is perfect. Oh my and uh the part that was really getting Kyle is the part where he's like getting ready for the party because he has to impress all of the world leaders, which when we get to that scene, there are actual like black people in that scene, which almost gave me a heart attack. I was like, they're just casually talking to black people. I know, What's going I know. on? I got really worried for the black people. <laughs> I was uh, like, he's fascist against whites. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Um, so she, she wants them to prepare chicken. Of course they get a live chicken because they've never had to prepare chicken before, which is wild to me. Like, what do they eat there? I know that didn't make sense because I was like, this is a poor country. Like chicken is one of the easier, you know, protein sources to have. Yeah, exactly. It's so strange. So like, (laughs) so she's just like, you got to kill the cook makes her kill the chicken. And so she... She doesn't want to kill the chicken. She loves animals so much. So she's just like holding this giant knife, trying to scare this chicken to death. Yeah. It is one of her and this chick. This woman is so charismatic that she's playing against a chicken. And it's one of the best scenes. Oh, the chicken is incredible. Like this. So like (laughs) she's like talking to the chicken. And then um, one of one of uh, Boris Pochenko's. like henchmen assistant we we never get like titles it doesn't really matter yeah, one of his dudes comes from behind fran and is like what are you doing and she's like oh and what i love so much about her in general but also in this movie in particular is she's never faced she's never like oh my gosh i'm in paris she's just like <laughs> oh i'm a, of course i'm talking to a chicken like what why wouldn't i be and this chicken starts acting like she's just like why she, won't you die for your country no, exactly yeah she goes this chicken is like this chicken's not willing to die for it country and then the and, chicken and then, and then <laughs> the chicken like sheds a single tear and like gets into the pot yeah by itself and then she and then she's so like she yeah <laughs> she's so touched yeah the chicken literally the chicken. i don't know how they got the shots of the chicken this is that's what i want to know like how did they convince <laughs> the chicken to do that but did they create a chicken puppet like i want to know so yeah it's absolutely fantastic and so instead of killing the chicken she gets close to it and like in a later scene you see her sleeping next to the chicken yeah yeah the next it's the next scene she wakes up and the chicken is just on her and again fran unfazed she answers the phone oh yeah this is when her mom yes um so this is you know a wrench in the plot so at this point in the plot i mean she's had some conversations and we'll want to get into these like She's had some conversations with Boris Pachenko where she kind of sees his vulnerability. Mm. 
you know, the vulner- vulnerability of a tyrant. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but her mom calls and says that the lotto, the makeup and hair lotto position is now open because the European person who had it, I guess, like, I can't remember if they quit or it got fired. Um, yeah, they decided that they didn't want classy. <laughs> yes. They want you. That's what she said. Exactly. And so then, you know, her mom's like, you need to come back. Like, this is your dream job, which, again, love it. Um, oh, my God. Yes. And she and Fran's, you know, conflicted because she's like, well, I mean, I just got here and I'm doing some important work, a.k.a. I'm doing some undercover Antifa work in this fucking fascist castle. So, like, (laughs) she doesn't say that, but that's what's happening. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, she has to make this decision. But also, you know, she's getting emotionally attached to this. You know, only Fran Drescher could change a fascist man. Oh, my God. It's so wild. Also, because, like, so near, um, <laughs> there's a scene <laughs> um, when he needs a massage because he's really stressed out. And he doesn't know that it's her and she gives him the massage. And then Timothy Dalton does an impression of Fran Drescher's voice. <laughs> yes. And it is. If there's any reason to watch this movie, it is to see Timothy Dalton do a Fran Drescher impression. Timothy Dalton with a fake, uh, vaguely Russian-sounding accent also doing a Fran Drescher impression. It is. like layers on layers to this impression. One of the most fantastic things ever. He's great in this movie. He is. There's like a scene where um, Fran and him are in the kitchen and, like, he's like, oh, I want a sandwich. And he starts screaming for his employees. And she's like, no, they've been working hard. We can make a sandwich. So it's like she's basically teaching him how to make a sandwich. Oh, my God. He does it because he's just like, I don't I don't know where anything is in this kitchen. not do anything. Yeah. And then they're, like, talking. And, and this is, like, before he, because the event with everybody is, like, near the end. He he's basically talking about how poor the country is and how he's stressed out because they don't have any money and all these other countries, aka the US, but just in general are, are you know, call him a monster and all this stuff. Which I mean, it's such an absurd conversation because he is a monster. He like, is. He's literally jailing and killing people. Like there's. Oh my know. god! Yeah, there's a and there's a big plot in the movie where, they, like, like we said, the oldest girl is in love with like this like radical, and he imprisons this radical. And then there's like a whole thing about like, are we gonna release him? Are we not gonna release him? And she keeps on being like, the people will like you if you release this prisoner. The people will trust you more. They'll feel like, you know, that you don't jail the opposition. You have values. And like, it's this wild shit. It's so wild. And he's, yeah, like in this kitchen scene, he's like, um, yeah, he's basically just like, oh, well, like, I'm trying to protect the country. And she's like, well, like, in her friend way, you know, she's like, oh, well, like, you know, how are, like, how are people supposed to trust you if you're not, if you're scary? And he's like, I need respect. And she's like, people respect you more if you, basically, like, dude, people respect you more if you seem human. And it's like, he's never heard that before because everyone's so afraid he'll murder them. It's so wild. And he's he's not, like, listening to her yet, but there's so uh, multiple scenes where she's planting these seeds. Where she, It's like, basically, like, she's like, hey, have you considered not being fascist? She's, like, <laughs> sabotaging the entire government structure. But, like, and when his, like, advisor people try to tell him that, he's just, like, so, he's just so attracted to her that he just, like, doesn't see it. 
He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know how he rebuttals it. I feel like he doesn't deny it. He's he doesn't deny like, anything. He's just like, yeah. He's like, yeah, but I'm yeah, into but it. She, but she's hot. Like, she's, yeah. Like, and, and, and there is one moment where he straight up asks her, he's like, you're not afraid of me. <laughs> he's like astounded. He is. And it's so good because she's not afraid of anything, really. No, she's just like, what? Like, what are you going to do to me? Like, kill me? Like, no, you're not. Like, I know you're not. And um, so, like, I, I guess, you know, the love, because, I mean, this is, you know, bad romance podcast. The romance itself, it's interesting because, like, I love this movie and it's really funny. But I still am like, wait, why is she falling for him? Right. It's very weird that she's <laughs> like, falling for him. Because, like, like, the obvious thing is that he's a dictator. <laughs> and, like, Fran Drescher is obviously not about that life. She's not. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, because this is like a very chaste movie a little bit. So like there's there's like mentions of sex, but it's like really not that much. But I think that yeah, the, the, movie, most, yeah. the movie is kind of afraid to say that like she thinks that he's hot. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's what it is. I, yeah, no, I definitely think it's like some uh, because I don't think that she energy. believes in his politics at all or anything that he's doing. But she loves the kids and she feels like I feel like it's a situation where it's like I can change him. And I mean I definitely she d- think it's an she, I can change him. But like she does. So it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. And like he and and honestly, like I was I did not think he was cute at all. I mean, it was hard to think his character was attractive, of course. But I, I couldn't even like wanna hate, you know, hate fuck him <laughs> until um the scene where she's it's one of the the multiple scenes where she's basically trying to convince him to be more likable or give him tips on how to be less scary. And she tells him that he needs to freshen up his look and shave his mustache. And that's the same scene where he's telling, uh, she's telling him that he should free his daughter's crush. Um, and, and yeah, and that's, that's when he's like, he doesn't want to get rid of his mustache because it makes him think of Albert Einstein. But when he shaves that mustache, she's like, oh, I'm going to shave like 10, 15 years off you. He looks good. Like, yeah. Yeah. He looks really good. Like, and I felt bad. I was just like, oh man, this fascist. <laughs> I was like, wow, this movie. Um, yeah. Honestly, the, the worst thing about this movie is that he's a fascist and that it's kind of impossible to avoid that fact. Yeah, like that that like it's the whole plot, but also <laughs> but also there's so much going on that it it almost makes you forget about it for a little bit. But yeah, he's like he's like a fascist and I mean, we can't like as the people that we are be like, "Oh, yeah, but love." Like, no, he's no, a bad he's person. He's a fascist. She he's shouldn't a- fall for him. <laughs> he's not like once the rose-colored glasses are gone, I can't imagine him being a good partner in any way. Like, yeah, okay, he does change, but like people don't change that quickly. Yeah, like no, it's a I, process. I feel like their relationship is not going to last, but I feel like she loves the kids. Like I feel like it's a situation where I can see their relationship having a lot of up and I can honestly see it be like a okay. <laughs> Like a whole like TV show where like she's like, no, no, not until you fix this. And he's just. And he's oh, just, my gosh. I would watch that. And then they're series. just like he just like very slowly. And like by the end, he's a socialist. She's like free these people like I like or I'm not coming to bed. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like she would just like leverage it because because I just can't imagine that those politics would sit with her well at all. Like she she'd be cool with him one night and then she'd be annoyed with him the next night. And, and she'd then get exhausted of him like because he is like a bit of a sad sack. He's like, exhausted. He's like, why don't people like me? And it's like, well, you're murdering people. Right. You know? like, so I feel like she'd just be like, I've told you, like, stop murdering people. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, this is not a sustainable relationship. And if it is like he's going to have to change so much for it to work. Yeah. And I definitely think she's into the fact that he likes her telling him what to do oh yeah he needs and her. that he's kind of emotionally he's deeply emotionally stunted like she's yeah. into that which i'm not saying that's healthy because it's obviously not right but that does seem to be the draw and and on his hand i mean it's fucking fran drescher like she's hilarious and she's a babe and you know right exactly like it's it's weird because i love this movie and i think it's honestly i laughed it's All really funny. This. It's so funny. It weirdly holds up super well yeah. in 2019. And like, it's aware, like the movie knows that he's a fascist. It's never trying to make you ignore that. Like there's so many jokes. No, yeah. That, the like, movie does not make him seem like a good person at all. It just makes it seem like she's a really patient person. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like very much a situational comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a wacky premise. And I think that it works a lot of the way. And the only thing that really doesn't work is their relationship itself. Like it just does not hold up to scrutiny. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like strange. basically what happens is like, so they have these conversations. It's obvious he's softening to her. He's taking her advice and she's, you know, um, she's kind of getting a soft spot for him, but she ends up going home to take that, the lotto job. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then he, he basically has to come to her. Yeah, and he has to come to her. And, and he's like, well, first thing, I freed, basically, like, you know, he freed his daughter's crush. And then he's like, second thing, um, I will have free elections in the spring. Um, and then, like, the third is like, I love you. And she's, like, obviously excited because he just, like, became a cat. Like, he just became, like, a... a not anti-fascist, you know, he's just he, like a good old he, democratic capitalist. He mentions that now. like, okay, there's going to be free elections. Yeah. And you know, which is hilarious to me because I feel like he's going to lose. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he, well, he's obviously going to lose. Cause they also, don't like him. And, and you know what? I, I immediately started thinking about who would become the leader next. And I was like, it's going to be one of his old assistants who's been like kind of controlling stuff. And they're probably going to be just as bad as him. But, right. And like, I feel like he's, like in order for like, him to it's like be somebody who's threatening everyone trying to vote like right like i feel like the only way that he's going to be able to run his country again after this free election is if he just like goes so far he goes like to the left like he's just like oh no like universal health care like he's going to yeah. have to really no he would stops. have to basically be the anti himself right like, exactly and i mean he might become that he might find out that he's happier that way it's possible i mean but. he seemed like he was just waiting for fran drescher to free him and i mean obviously he doesn't really like being a fascist i don't feel like i just feel like no. he's doing it out of habit and this is i mean this plot is like probably the most extreme version of the like woman fixing the man oh yeah like, it doesn't possible. get more extreme than I don't just think like fixing a dictator yeah like so like obviously you know we're not like oh my god we love this movie this is totally fine like <laughs> it's insane it's 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 but insane like like the romantic part is obviously extremely ridiculous and problematic but the comedy part is so good good um 
that's just you're like on board like you're like yeah this is insane and i hope she dumps him but also hey she got him to free people and like wh- like what am i watching she got him to like, <laughs> like what am i watching she got him to like wear a nice blazer and like a fashionable black oh my he was looking so good yeah at the, like i was just like and like you know that like <laughs> His daughter is going to get into slam poetry oh and my like his- she's going to like have a bunch of zines. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for especially because this is the 90s. Yes. So, oh, yeah. my God. Zine time. Yep. This is I, I love this movie. I love this fucking yeah, weird I mean, movie. We didn't really get we didn't bring you guys the hard hitting critiques, but like we we but it's good for us to sometimes like the movies, especially after last week and some of the ones we've done in the last few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to be like, Oh yeah, we love this genre. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah. Cause this is like, I, I honestly, everyone should watch this movie and they should also watch like some of the nanny too. The nanny's great. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love Fran. And she's one of those, like, people who was one of my, you know, my comedy idols growing up who did not, like, grow up to be terrible. Like, so far, yeah, she exactly. still seems like a really nice lady. Totally. And I'm so happy about it. It's so refreshing. <laughs> like, I'm almost, like, like more glad to not hear from her than... You know right. what I mean? Like, like sometimes the, the people that, that I, that I really see her love, on, I'm yeah. like, oh, you know what? No news is good news. <laughs> yeah, I've like seen her on Twitter, and whenever she, I see her tweet something, I'm just like, no, this is good. I agree. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never like, seen. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so yes, Fran Drescher, we love you, guest of the pod. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh, wait, I'm trying to remember. It was Fran Drescher said she wanted to make a show with Cardi B. Oh my God! Yeah. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to say that before we finished our podcast because I want to put that out in the universe because I would love to watch that. Oh, my God. Love. Oh, my. Just love Fran. Right. She's wonderful. Um, we are on Patreon, yes. by the way. You know, patreon.com slash pod Pledge. You know, you can pledge $2. You can pledge $5. You can pledge $8. You can pledge even more than that. Um Please like get on yeah just get on yeah, the Patreon because you know you can pick one of our episodes if you if you uh, reach the five or the eight and this is just per month just per month um, tier then you can request an episode yeah it's just per um, month like it's just like some money like, per month like some cash per month what is ten dollars you get per like month? a newsletter and oh yeah you get early episode access and if you do the eight dollar um, we are making bonus episodes about oh, TV yeah. so. and and you can go onto the Patreon and vote for the shows that you want the most it seems like how i met your mother is winning so we're we're probably gonna end up having to do how i met your mother full disclosure i have not watched that show so wait not a single episode Well, no okay i've watched like four episodes but i have but not enough to actually know what anyone's talking about i have seen every episode of how i met your mother and re-watching it with you would be a pleasure and a joy and i really then let's definitely do that Um, so yes, we, so yeah, we're online. We're on Twitter at bad romance pod with a zero instead of an O you can catch us on all of the platforms. Please give us a five-star review on Apple podcasts and, uh, all those things. Yeah. We yeah. love you guys. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bad-